just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. And it's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. Oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. Second and goal. Carr throws end zone. Touchdown. Guess who? Jimmy Graham. There's Jimmy Graham hiding on the inside tight end position. Goes, fakes a little quick block, and Jeremy Chin, I guess he lost track. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, presented by AGI Specialty Valves and Zapardo's Family Market. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-hosts, Allison Pratt, Sean Haspel, and tonight our special guest co-host, Ella Haspel, making her uh, podcast debut, the tender young age of like four weeks. Is she four weeks old? Three, five weeks? Three weeks, man. Three, Three weeks, weeks old. old. Yeah. Well, she's maintaining. Pretty, the the listeners can't see, but she's maintaining pretty pretty constant eye contact with us at the moment. Um, she's very engaged. Yeah. Locked, locked in. Way more engaged than she's been watching these Saints games the last few weeks. I'll tell you that. The yeah. only she only knows a world where the Saints are just absolutely terrible. Um, so it's actually kind of refreshing because she's growing up like we did when we were kids. So yeah, um, you know. Although we that way, Sean Sean and I were born in '89. The Saints were a playoff team, I believe. But uh, that's true. And I'm I think that... 1991 division champs. Yeah. So that was the Abercrombie and Fitch sweatshirt, Saints collab. Yeah. Caroline has that too. Well done. I've I've seen those Instagram. I've seen those Instagram ads. It's so soft. I thought about, I was honestly between this and the Super Bowl 35 Mardi Gras themed New Orleans. Oh, I saw that one too. Because it's sick. And I like, that was like the first one I remember. And like, we guessed the score at school and stuff. And it was like cool. And also, it's like, not that cool to be rocking Saints gear right now. <laughs> but I was like, but whatever. I got to rep my squad, and this is the cool one. But, yeah, I also have a Giants tee from the club. It's a good one. It's, like, all vintage stuff. Yeah, I've been contemplating uh, succumbing to those targeted ads on social media. Um, they're really soft, so you should. But anyways. Really God, soft, dude. much like the Saints run defense, unfortunately. Yes. So Sunday afternoon – uh, something good happened. Like I uh, got to see something that made me really happy, um, which of course was Godzilla minus one, um, which is thus far the best movie that has come out this year. Um, and then before that, the saints beat the Panthers, like, which did not quite bring me as much joy. Um, it was a pretty hollow victory. Um, and I think we can all agree that the most BS thing about the 28 to six quote unquote win was that we won. <laughs> we probably should have lost because had we lost people might've gotten fired. So I open the floor to you two. 
Um, how are we feeling now that the Saints are six and seven and tied for first yet again in the pitiful NFC South? Yes, Ella, Ella has chimed in with some gurgling sounds that yeah. are pretty <laughs> apt to describe Gurg- the team. Gurg- Dignify nothing, much like this victory. I mean, it was just a Groundhog Day performance, same as ever. Was offense getting going, defense is like resting. Dennis Allen, like, just has no idea what he's doing. Very, very like the most frustrating thing about this team, and the most BS thing is like. Even the relative success they do have, like game in and game out, reinforce how shitty the situation is overall. I think that's like perfectly encapsulated by the Jimmy Graham, like dominating and his like limited targets and scoring another red zone touchdown after being a healthy scratch for like a bulk. What was like, what has been like one of this offense's consistent? Oh, like. Are consistently weak points in the offense is down. And what does Jimmy Graham do? He scores red zone touchdowns. But like for some reason we just didn't play him this year. So why like and that's the one thing he's good at. And so like what what's going on? Like this coaching staff continues to outsmart themselves and and does doesn't put the team in the right position to win. Um just I, I'm so done with the Dennis Allen era. I can't root for us to lose because I I I just want these players to I know they're trying their all. But I'm just we're just treading water and we're never gonna win anything of substance under this administration. So that's BS to me. Allison, what do you think? I'm just like so done with Derek Carr. Like I I actually cannot believe the amount of money we spent on him and like his fourth quarter stats were like he had 37 yards passing. Right. And like against the worst team in the National Football League by by like leaps and bounds. Like at this point everyone else is sort of like accidentally winning. Not accidentally. I think every point player to Sean's point is trying to win their games, but like at some point like the Giants and the Pats and the Bears were all vying for the overall pick. No, the Panthers have that like squared away. They suck. They suck, suck, suck. And they were in that game more than that score suggests. Like it wasn't clear that we were going to win the game until the fourth quarter with, and like, I just, I cannot, it is so clear to me that nobody has Derek Carr's back except Dennis Allen. And the rest of the team and the players are just not, and the fans are just not in it. Yeah. It's a like, truly they're not. bizarre, it's a really bizarre situation. Um, and this week, Nick Underhill said some stuff on his post-game podcast that to me were like, it was really shocking um, and is uh, a testament to how bad things actually are right now. Um, you know, under for those who don't know, Nick Underhill is the best beat reporter covering the Saints right now. He's been the best for a decade almost. And I take things he says pretty seriously. And 
he basically said on his podcast that it it he is rooting or maybe not rooting is not the right word, but it's his opinion that there is nothing to be gained from the team winning games this year and that there's nothing to be gained from making the playoffs that we should be trying to get a better draft pick. And basically that Dennis Allen needs to go. And if he's saying stuff like that, like his expertise plus his sources in the locker room makes me think that he's hearing stuff and that the, that Gail and and Mickey are, are ready to make a change. Um, And he said, he believes even if they make the playoffs, changes may come no matter what. Um, And it's, it's just, you can't ignore the signs of the rot at this point. You have Derek Carr and, and Eric McCoy screaming at each other as they're leaving the field. It's a horrible look. And then they both gaslight the media and tell everybody everything's fine. But it's clearly not. Underhill made comments about how certain players in the locker room have kind of uh, given up on this administration which is like really, really damning. I mean, Sean, you've said this before. That's the, like when it gets to the point where you lose the locker room, people have to go um, because it's never going to get better at that point. Um, And really like we've said it every fucking week since basically week two of last season, this team has never looked good. They've never made improvements, save for a three-game winning streak at the end of last season, which, after which they backslid and lost to a Panthers team that completed four passes in the final game of the year. Like, there have never been signs of life, and there's never going to be signs of life. So it's time to blow it up and root for a high draft pick and, and, and hope that we draft Jaden Daniels or some other such great QB to sit behind Carr for another year. Um, yeah, that's my rant, and I'm, I'm sticking just to it. So, so tired of like if we were in any other division in the NFL, it like I just feel like the shittiness of our division keeps this administration alive. And, like, I hope what he's saying that, like, even if there's a playoff berth, like, they're reconsidering. But, like, it's such bad product. Like, it's it's horrible to watch. And, like, I'm going to compare it to, like, the, the, like, quarter that we had Jameis in the Minnesota game, like, even though we lost. I had a great time. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed watching my team. And then I'm also going to take a second because we're playing the Giants this weekend. I had a blast watching the Giants last night or Monday night, whatever. Like that is just the the most fun where we've had watching is like the last three weeks with Tommy DeVito. And that's just a testament. It's like the opposite situation where like they have lost all their talent and like they had a really shitty start and like they're in a really good division, but they're still rallying around a good game plan and beating good teams. And like, they all root for each other. Like it's, and it's fun to watch that. It's not yeah. fun to watch like a fucking toxic, team yeah and that's also boring (laughs) yeah it's it's really crazy today boot crew media uh, tweeted a stat that through the same amount of games at this point this year andy dalton and Derek carr 
have identical statistics. And Carr is actually slightly better. Or I'm sorry, Dalton is slightly Dalton better. Dalton is better. He's he, more touchdowns. Yeah, he threw for two more interceptions, but he threw for like three or four additional touchdowns. And it really is like, it just goes to show you how poor of a decision it was. And we were all wrong about Carr, even us. Yep. We were excited about him at the beginning. It was a poor decision because he's not an upgrade over Andy Dalton. He is probably actually a downgrade given the way he's played and how many injuries he's had, which aren't entirely his fault. But you know what? If you're hurt and if your play isn't going to be up to the standard that's required to win, you're hurting the team. So don't play. Don't yeah. try it's the to... opposite of what they did with Jameis. Last year, they were like, well, he won't be up to standards. But then this year, Carr's hurt, and they're like, he's going to play mm-hmm. miraculously. It's like, why is that different? Because like, he likes Carr? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, something about Derek Carr, like he really hasn't done himself favors off the field. Or, like, even outside of his actual play. Like, his whole aesthetic and the way he comports himself um, just like in the in-between moments and after plays and then in, in the press conferences and with the media, like it's, there's something about it that just like has rubs me the wrong way and very clearly rubs a lot of the fan base and apparently some of the teammates the wrong way as well. Like some of his, his mannerisms, I don't know if you guys pick up on this, but like when he gets pressured into some of these like weird throwaways and like a few of them will be intentional groundings and stuff. Like he just like makes these like weird gestures like, Oh, like I was like throwing it away or like a receiver in the area that like it, it, it always indicates like, Oh, it like wasn't my fault or something. And like a great example, a frustrating example was the, the pick he threw right before halftime when um, I guess it got tipped uh, by uh, one of the D- I think Derek Brown, it bounced off of Caesar Ruiz and Derek Brown caught it. He, oh, I know it's very frustrating. We don't like Derek Carr, um, <laughs> but uh, but he like immediately like, like indicates to the sideline. He's like, oh, uh, it's it was tipped. It was tipped. Like it wasn't my fault. Like okay, dude. Like we get it. Like like shit happens. I don't know. Just like Drew Brees would never comport himself like that he was always he he was always the first to to be like oh you know i gotta be better i gotta like i let my team down even if we won the game and it's just really frustrating see Derek carr even Jameis does that even Jameis is like that i was just like trying to make a play right like i made a mistake (laughs) and like Derek, like i mean earlier in the season like he would kind of like throw some of his receivers under the bus i mean uh, the, the, this whole Eric McCoy blow up. I mean, who's to say who was right or, or wrong or, or at fault um, with, I guess, the protection buffs that, that, that caused that that blow up. But just it doesn't matter, even if it's not your fault, when you're the highest paid player on the team and the quarterback, you're the leader of the team, you're the face of the team, and it's your job to fall on the sword and to make your guys feel like they're protected by you and that they'll follow you in the battle. And like Derek Carr just like, doesn't do that and then like if you zoom out even further like you've got his brothers kind of weirdly defending him in on social media and like yeah. i don't know uh, i i think I, I shared this with you guys that uh after like all the booze of the last couple of weeks 
um, that Saints fans had been kind of <laughs> sending car cars away, but I mean, on social media, but uh, IRL in the dome as well. Um, after we completed the the win against the Panthers, like uh, Dar- Darren Carr, um, the, uh, Derek's older brother, um, one of them, he like sarcastically tweeted "boo," um, and Saints fans just kind of dogpiled on him on Twitter. Just like they just like don't get it. They don't have like self awareness that it's just really, really frustrating. Oh, um, and I don't know, man, like, I just feel like we were collectively hoodwinked, bamboozled, like so desperate for that, like, successor to Drew Brees to emerge that we were willing to overlook some of the warts and be like, oh, you know, like the Raiders, like trash organization, like we can fix him. And uh, I mean, two things can be true, like Derek Carr kind of sucks. And then also, like, the Raiders are trash. So, like, it doesn't absolve them of their trashness just because, like, we like they were right also about Derek Carr. So, um, I don't know. That's my rant. Yeah. It's just not going to work out. There's really yeah. no other way to put it. He's just not right for us. Yeah. It's, not, it's time to move on. Um, well, I, I would, like, I, we, Sean, you and I kind of disagree about this, but. I think we should get rid of him. I think we need to punt him into the Mississippi River and watch his body uh, like succumb to the current. And we'll, we can just eat that $100 million that's left on his contract and let Jameis start for a year or Taysom start and, and put a rookie behind him. Um, because I, I just don't – I think the, the bridge is burnt. The bridge is out. God. The media asked him today about like how he handles the booze, and he like went on to talk to talk about like what his kids are saying about it and stuff. And it inspired me to tweet like I don't know, like Derek Carr in like an extremely like youth pastor voice, like pulling up a chair, sitting in it backwards, like, "Hey kids, you know who else got booed and was surrounded <laughs> by a bunch of saints? That's right, Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but just it's just sad, man. Like I I still maintain and I know we've like texted about this a bunch, but I still maintain that the most likely outcome well, okay. If we don't make the playoffs, I think the seat will be hot enough for a new coach. Like for them to clean house and then maybe cut car and just eat it and just like more or less rebuild. If we do make the playoffs, I still think, I think they'll give DA another chance and car another chance, but force an overhaul of the offensive staff and scheme um, and basically scapegoat Pete Carmichael uh, and bring in an offensive play caller and assistants that will maximize Derek Carr's strengths such as they are. Um, I don't agree with that, but just given the obvious love they have for Dennis Allen and 
their beloved optics of this, this whole situation and the financial realities surrounding their car, I do think that's probably the most likely outcome. If we make the playoffs, which is no guarantee, we pretty much have to go three and one yeah, at minimum to make the playoffs, um, even in this god-awful division. But it's going to come down to the Falcons at Saints week, week 18. You know yep. it. For, for a shot in the playoffs. And it's going to be the most toxic game because you're going to, besides, I don't think like, we can beat the box to you guys. <laughs> I don't know. They kind of suck too. But, I mean, they, they shut us down playing a defense that Carolina also played on Sunday, basically just putting their, sitting their safeties back and forcing us to dink and dunk. Um, and we couldn't solve it either time. And so they'll just play it again. And I don't know if any of us have faith that we'd be able to solve it a third time. So um, just, I don't Guys, know. Man. I don't think we were even going to go two and two. You might be right. I th- that's So I will say, like, and we've talked about this, like, the nice thing is that it's it's kind of like zen to not have it any yeah. expectations and, and be a little relieved if we do lose just because yeah, that's true. those, those, that last run, the, the seven, the 2017 through 2020, 2020 run was so stressful just because we were all so desperate to get drew that last ring that like we lived and died with every playoff. Well, obviously, regular season win, but especially playoff wins. That like, it was it was stressful, man. I we were just so glad to not lose most of those games. But like now, I know, honey. Um, now it's just like whatever happens, happens. I mean, we we all kind of agree that this this car is kind of tended nowhere fast, and um, I mean. Might as well. If we lose, then like so be it. Maybe that gets us closer to the future. But I don't know. I'm just yeah. in. I I honestly have no idea what's going to happen over the next four weeks. I I think it's very possible that we lose to Danny DeVito and his team of Sopranos foot soldiers on Sunday. Like we discussed it earlier. That's a team that's ascending right now. And there's, they're well coached. Like Dable is a good coach. They're getting guys back. Saquon Barkley might run for 300 yards against our run defense. Like it, it's not even I mean, a trap game. Win for 70 yards on Monday. It's not like they're going to win. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I, I just like have no faith. In, in us to show up um, and play well. I just, it's like completely, my faith in the team is like completely eroded at this point. And I'm not like super down about it. It's, I, I don't know, it's kind of sad, but we're just like used to it at this point. Um, yeah, I, I guess, so like regarding the future of the team, the long-term future, you know, I, I facetiously brought up the new Godzilla movie at the beginning of the podcast. 
Um, but I do have like a point that I want to make about this film. And it's like, uh, most people listening to this probably don't even know that there's like a new Godzilla movie that came out. Um, but it was released as part of like the 70th anniversary of the franchise. It kind of came out of nowhere and it's, it's really fucking good. It's an incredible film. And uh, like one of the things that makes it so great and that I like admire about it is that, um, and, and this goes for like a lot of the, the anime franchises that I really like and get made fun of by many of our listeners uh, for enjoying is that like, when it comes to these iconic creations like Godzilla or Dragon Ball or Gundam, like the creators and, and the studios behind them have a reverence and a respect for the creation and the IP that like they never violate. Everything that's made uh, in service of these franchises like is good. Like not everything is like incredible. You know, there are some, creative risks that they've taken that haven't worked out but by and large like these sort of spectacle events like this new godzilla movie or or there was an animated gundam film that came out last year that was like an anniversary project these are all like incredible works of art and it's because the creators like respect the tradition and like the things that make them special to the fans and that is like a lesson that I hope the Saints ownership learns from the Dennis Allen era. Like we are not losers anymore. We've had 16 years of sustained success. And honestly, like I think you can count pretty much all of Tom Benson's tenure as owner with the exception of a few years under Ditka when they were hapless. And it's like we were a franchise that was competitive. We were competitive under Mora. We were competitive under Jim Hazlitt and we were Super Bowl contenders and Super Bowl winners under Peyton. So like the bar has been raised and like this special thing that is a part of our lives and our culture, like the standard is higher now and we won't accept results like the ones that have been given to us by Dennis Allen. And like, they can't, it's okay to make a mistake, like a full speed mistake but you have to own up to it and you have to fix it. And I think letting Dennis Allen linger for this long is unacceptable. And I am like one of like the silver linings of this season. And this sounds weird to say is that I'm like glad and like proud that we fucking bullied them on social media and booed them in person because it's not okay for them to trot out the team that they've, that they've, rostered this year it's not acceptable and we have to let them know that because our opinion does matter because our wallets matter and without those things they don't have jobs so that's my uh Ooh. it's my story i'm sticking to it i i mean that's a that's a great metaphor jacob and 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 you would think that kind of that message that the bar has been raised like collectively i mean obviously like our expectations as a fan base are i think they're appropriately high because the saints showed us that like building a consistent winner in new orleans is possible and i actually you know i don't 
think we've really talked about it a ton in in you would think that they themselves have like a high expectation and minimum threshold of just kind of year in year out success especially ownership because of the way that we spend the and like we are constantly up against the salary cap and the way that we're able to kick the can down the road like we do is because gail is willing to cash like write these big bonus checks um and pay all this money up front and the way we manage our salary cap is only possible to have ownership who's willing to like make these like lump sum payments not every owner is willing to do that so credit to gail there but if she looks at the results of this year and last year and going like projects it out going forward and say like why am i writing these massive payments for a losing product because the calculus behind that is that we're going to spend a ton on um on on the on the on the salary cap and like and and, and rostering this team but we're going to sell out these games with a winning product like merchandise sales are going to be good um and we're going to get playoff checks for home games because the team's going to be good and win and if we're not making the playoffs if the fan base if people aren't renewing their tickets if the dome's not packed and you're not getting revenue all that like ancillary revenue from parking and those fucking 12 dollar beers what your your return on investment's not there so at some point this becomes an economic issue um and like the goodwill and the the love for dennis allen and the um fond memories of continuance of the sean payton era um that that only goes so far because i mean we, like we've talked about like the saints are run by accountants tom benson was an accountant dennis lausher was his accountant um and like the, a lot of the other people up there are like finance background accounting background folks so like the dollars and cents have to line up the ledger has to make sense and there is going to be a tipping point at some point so it's this next these next this next month month and a half it's going to be fascinating no matter what happens yeah and and that's that's really just kind of my my way to take on it you know it's like no matter what happens it's going to be fascinating we're going to either sink or swim very hard yeah so. An another thing that that underhill hinted at um actually i can't remember if it was him or mike triplett who said this in their post game pod last week is that the the team has and by the team i, I mean like mickey and gail and lausha they've taken notice of the high resale rate of tickets the last few weeks and the fact that the tickets are going for as low as six dollars which is probably less than what the fees are that you pay on a website like StubHub or SeatGeek. Um, and if it's already that cheap, I mean, that's cheaper than, than Pelicans games. If it's already that cheap, 
then what is the tipping point? Free? A dollar? Like two people going to like it's if it's this bad after 13 games, like how bad are they going to let it get before they have to do something? It's because it's just going to keep getting worse. Right. Yeah. It it really is. A, well, that's <laughs> talking about economics, like Mickey Loomis gave that like kind of tone deaf WWL interview after the Lions game. I don't know if y'all caught it, but uh, I don't know who the interviewer was, but they asked him about, um all those Lions fans and then like the other no shows no show Saints fans for that Lions game and uh in so many words he was like yeah you know it's it's really disappointing this is kind of my like soft Mickey Loomis impression it's like really disappointing uh, he sounds a little Trumpy actually if you think about it uh it's like really <laughs> many people that, like, many our, people our are telling like, me they're not to going the to the game <laughs> Okay, anyway. Very sad that they say they come to me with a tear in their eyes. And they say, Mr. Loomis, Mr. Loomis, we love the Saints, but Derek Carr, not so nice. <laughs> People were very mean to Derek Carr. They were very mean. He they called. He's a dog. Is he wearing mascara? We don't know. Uh, <laughs> but basically, he like called Saints fans <laughs> poor. People aren't coming to the game. Like, Come on, man. Like, you can't say that. Like, yeah. no, we're just not saps. And, like, people would rather, like, New Orleans, is, there's plenty of fun shit to do in New Orleans. And, like, there's better ways to spend your, your like, a beautiful Sunday win- winter afternoon than, like, to watch, like, a dog shit Saints team. So, um, no offense, Gumbo. So, no, no offense to dog <laughs> shit. But, um, yeah. I don't know. Man. Yeah, that was uh, really. I would, I would, for, uh, I would pay good money to be a fly on the wall. Some of these meetings, you know, um, just seeing how how they hash this all out. It's it's really going to be fascinating. I really want to believe that Gail has what it takes to eat shit because she already did it with with the Pelicans. That's right. And Gundy only lasted a season, and yeah. Now, now look at the team. You know, the only thing standing between them. And a championship run is health. Knock on yeah. wood. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I think she. I think there's so much smoke at this point that something is going to give, and it's going to be fascinating. I'm still yeah. holding on to my dream of a Saints head coach, Jim Harbaugh. I, that would be interesting. I, I, I like. I, I. It would be fun to construct, um, like the the fanfic version of the 2024 saints where Harbaugh is the head coach and Jaden Daniels is our first round pick. And we recreate his 49ers teams of the early 20 teens mm-hmm. um, that just brutalized people with uh, Colin Kaepernick. Ah, it would be nice. Including us. Yes. Many times. <laughs> God. That would be fun. That was awful. Girl can dream. Yeah. So we'll see. It's. I, just, I do feel like we're at a tipping point. And, um. These next yeah four weeks and then whatever happens after that, we're just gonna learn. We're gonna learn a lot and uh, get your popcorn ready. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Uh, 
ESPN notification that Dennis Allen has been relieved of his duties as head coach and uh, has been forced okay. to drink French water, French quarter puddle water as punishment. Texas A&M uh, still hasn't hired a new defensive coordinator, so maybe they're they have a backdoor deal. Oh, that would be with, uh, with DA. just chef's kiss for him to go to A&M and yeah. then the next series of LSU quarterbacks just obliterate his defenses for the next five years until he gets fired from that job. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to say? We kind of covered the Giants. I, I, I'm going to predict that we lose this game. Um, even I'm, I like Sean, like you said, I'm not rooting for us to lose because I, I don't quite have that in me. But like, I just, I the way we played against the I mean, Panthers, that's not going to cut it against Saquon Barkley and Tommy. Oh, do you know uh, what Tony the difference Soprano. is? Dable seat got hot when they didn't deliver in the beginning, and he fucking made some changes, and they yeah. rallied around a good coach. And Da just is like doesn't think his seat's hot. And the same thing with Derek Carr. Like, he doesn't think he's playing like shit. Like, they just have no delu- – they are delusional. <laughs> so that's yeah. why we will lose. It I, – I, I want to believe that they, they – they know that what they're doing is wrong and they know that they are fucking up, but they just won't admit it to the media and they're gaslighting people. And I, I – like – I think what 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 is striking a chord with Saints fans and making them uh, so disdainful of of Da and Derek Carr is that they don't seem genuine, and yeah. like, yeah, we're we're true. genuine people. Um, yeah. And uh, briefly, I'll mention the the Bleacher Report video of um, uh, Cam Jordan talking about the boos that came out today, and he basically said that like the team deserved to be booed. And that that's what they have to deal with if they suck. And it was really refreshing to hear him say that. Um, I love Cam Jordan. I don't know why they don't trot him out there every week. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I know. I I, well, I was just going to say, I know that we said that, like, it was very stressful in the later Drew Brees days that we really wanted to win for Drew. But, like, it is, like, I want, I want Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and Tyron Matthew to, like, win a Super Bowl as Saints. But, like, I know that's – I intellectually know that's not going to happen, and it's just – it's sad. Like, this team – these players – like, we have a good locker room full of, like, high-character, many-talented dudes. And, like, they deserve better. Like, we deserve better as fans, but, like, they deserve better. And, like, I don't know. It's just sad. But – here yeah. we are. We'll be here next week. No matter yeah. what. We will. We took a week off because you had a baby and I was sick and we were busy. But we will be here no matter what. Um, even if the team's horrendous. Black and Gold BS. Sponsored by AGI Specialty Valves. The pump protection valve experts. With over 35 years of experience. AGI Specialty Valves is the number one supplier of automatic recirculation valves for pump protection. Yes, Ella, that's correct. Don't let preventable pump failures cost you. Contact AGI Specialty Valves at 832-485-0003 or info agivalves.com. Black and Gold BS is presented by the Part of Family Markets. 
a good grocery store uh, that you should go to to buy your groceries and other things that you would it buy at a grocery store. It makes a difference when the owners are there. Yeah, it absolutely does, Allison. Uh, it absolutely does make a difference when the owners are there. Um, and especially the owners aren't big babies like you find on Airline Drive. But um, they're part of family markets. Shop there. They're part of family markets. Beautiful. So eloquent. Okay, let's get out of here. For Sean and Ella and Allison, I'm Jacob, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the Irreverent Saints podcast from Buker Media. Until next week, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat?